0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Inking Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Rob Santos, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Drew McCaffrey. How's it going, everybody? We are joined today for this particularly exciting episode by not one, not two, not three, but four guests today. (laughs) The first two you've likely met before. Welcome back to Pat McCaffrey, the sound guy. What's up, Pat? Yo! And also, of course, welcome back to Lauren McCaffrey. What's up, Lauren? Thanks for coming back. Thanks, guys. And also, welcome back to Gene McCaffrey. Thank you for coming on again.
1: Hi. Nice to be here.
0: And another podcast McCaffrey <laughs> debut are, is Pat and Meg's younger brother, Peter McCaffrey. Peter, what's up, man? What's up? <laughs> now, between Lauren becoming a McCaffrey and then let's see if I can top them off here, Pat, Meg, Anna, Gene, Matt, and now Peter, I think in that order. And of course, who can forget Drew? I think, Peter, you are the eighth McCaffrey that I've met, (laughs) assuming I'm not leaving anybody out, which I very likely am, (laughs) right? But um, I think I got it. We are clearly one
2: of the great literary families. (laughs) For sure.
0: And I believe Drew has an exciting weekly recap for us for finishing off the Gap Into Ruin This Day All Gods Die Seeing as how much he loves this series I'm betting he has an epic wrap up So Drew, how did Donaldson pull this off?
2: Alright The Gap Into Ruin This Day All Gods Die concludes the utterly insane gap cycle with yet more insanity With Warden aboard Calm Horizons and Koina at the GCES emergency session the crew of the trumpet swing into action Warden releases Angus from most of his programming, and Angus, Davies, Vector, Ciro, Mika, and Dolph head to Calm Horizons with a plan to rescue Warden. But little do they know, Mark Vestibule has convinced Warden to give up his suicide pill, and Warden is injected with the delayed mutagen. Back aboard Punisher, Morn finally gets her chance. She connects with the GCES and tells her story in all of its horrible details. But without corroborating evidence, her testimony fails to sway them, and the council begins a vote to recharter the UMCP and give control back to Holt. Just as they're about to pass the motion, however, Hashi and Lane Harbinger crack the Kazi case. They in turn call the GCES, and Lane presents her evidence, calling out Cletus Spain as a liar and revealing Holt's utter corruption. Sixton Vertigus convinces the council to stop the vote, and they pass his bill of severance. Meanwhile, up in space, Calm Horizons is the epicenter of another struggle. Davies and Vector board the ship, ostensibly to give themselves up, as Ciro maneuvers a Singularity grenade, and Angus moves to sabotage the Superlight Proton Cannon. Mika and Dolph prepare their escape. Vector and Davies fight off Mark Vestibule and his guards to rescue Warden. Angus arrives just in time to help, but Vector sacrifices himself during the fighting. The crew escape Calm Horizons and Ciro sets off his Singularity grenade, sucking both the ship and himself into a black hole and finally achieving his desired self-destruction. As the GCES passes the Bill of Severance, Holt orders his UMC home office station to fire upon Sukabator. Bator. Min, once again in command of Earth's defenses, is prepared, and the UMCP fleet fires upon the station. With the UMCHO crippled, Warden and Angus split off in Trumpet and head there to take care of unfinished business. Warden moves to stop the file download of all of Holt's most important information, and realizes he must destroy the station. Angus heads to find and stop Holt, first going to Norna's room. Realizing she's in her own version of the crib, Angus grants her release before heading to find Holt's personal yacht, Motherload. The Earth watches as UMCHO explodes, but Motherlode launches first with Holt aboard, accompanied by a loyal crew with zone implants. Unbeknownst to Holt, however, Angus is also aboard. Angus kills Holt and escapes into the depths of space. The GCES reforms the UMCP as a new police force with Min at its head. They also dispense justice. Pardons are granted for the crew of Trumpet at the dying request of Warden Dias, and rewards are granted. Hashi is reinstated as Director of Data Acquisition, but Davies breaks his jaw in the middle of the session. In the end, Earth is left to pick up the pieces of Holt's ambition, Warden's suicide, and Hashi's duplicity. Yay. Yeah. Okay. You know You know what, guys?
0: Fuck <laughs> me if this wasn't a happy ending. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be getting probably. into that. <laughs> I'll be getting into that probably at the end of my points for today, but yeah, you're right. I mean, just
2: just consider that. After everything we've been through, we got everything we wanted. Um, everyone has a chance to become better off than they were. Well, not everyone. Not <laughs> quite every, everyone. We cared, everyone
1: we wanted to. Who is still alive.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was to my throat as I was rereading it. It was emotionally effective. Yeah, yeah the, kind of, the kind of chunk that usually falls that stuff, so. <laughs> but I did. Yeah. It's it's so it's
2: so tastefully done. It's it's like you said, it's effectively. Well, yeah, and I like it. Damn it, I am <laughs> I am sick of, you know, everything has been ruined and and the world is in tatters and
1: and the evil triumphs. Okay, <laughs> that.
3: I didn't think you'd be sick of it. I am
2: (laughs) Because now well I thought that I wanted it and then when I got it a few times I liked it. And then when it became everything that everyone does.
0: Huh. I'm I'm a little I I'm I'm beside that. Oh actually no I know. But I enjoyed the series as a whole. I think Dalton's a spectacular writer. But this whole, you know, standing ovation scene and the clapping for Davies and Morn fighting tears and the warden practically being deified and, you know, this, with Morn weeping finally, it, it, to me it felt just a tad fan servicey. Just, just a tad. And I think it had to do with my own expectation. Like, as dark as this series has gotten, <laughs> even if I got a happy ending, which I was totally doubtful of, I still expected it to be something bittersweet. I also know how much, Drew, you love this series and how many conversations we've had in our past just about bittersweet endings and how totally into them I know you are. I was expecting something depressing yet beautiful or violent and glorious. I wasn't expecting to be imagining like a closing movie Disney-style orchestra to be playing in my head as everyone cries and cheers and claps. And I was like, really? Uh, I I think
2: this is a bittersweet ending. Uh, Okay, well,
0: there were some sacrifices, yeah. Yeah,
2: Mourn is still irreparably damaged. I mean, you have to think about the lives that these people are going to be leading going forward. Like, they they all still have to live with the, the trauma and horrors that they've gone through. Uh, it's it's not exactly a, and they lived happily ever after, even though the GCES is trying to make it, they lived happily ever after.
3: And And not only that, but the ending piece with Hashi... Really, kind of left it more ambiguous than if he'd left it with the GCs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, admit, I, wrote I thought that was cool. a nice touch. I'll admit I wrote that point right before getting into the last few pages with Hashi's. There, it was at the very end. So I was like, yeah, that that was very nice to read. Though I was, I did kind of end with a smile on my face. Actually, not kind of. I definitely did. I definitely did. It was just more of a smile than I was expecting to have. That's all. It's just pers- It's just expectation. It's just it's just what I went into it expecting from what i have been primed to expect for the whole series. I was like, okay, it was. I, I might have enjoyed it more, but I'd seen it coming. I was just like, what? Okay. I was a little surprised well, the, by it. That's all. I'll probably like it a lot more
2: in the future. The Hashi ending is another touch that I particularly enjoy because there's not a sense of ultimate finality. Uh-huh. Like the story has concluded, but it, things are going to still happen. Yeah, there is still going to be a war with the Amnion. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, also, I think
1: that, although I was very happy that Angus came out of it okay, you feel a little guilty um, cheering him on, because he is, after all, Angus. And hey, oh, yeah. While
4: he's come a long way, you wouldn't say that he's a fine, yeah. a fine man. New York, New York Times, man of the year. <laughs> but nevertheless, I, I was happy that he got that he got away,
1: and that he's at least out of the immediate
0: trouble picture, though, he will no doubt cause
2: trouble for others. at large. Yeah. So I know this was Rob's first time reading it, this book and Lauren's first time reading it. Uh, Peter, it was yours as well, right? Oh? Uh,
5: no, I've read it in the past. I, I had to, I skipped through it uh, for this. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've read, the, I read the whole series in one long
2: stretch, which was great. nice. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, well so Warren, then, the were the you surprised was. by this ending?
3: Yeah. Uh, you <sighs> know, not not as much as I was expecting. I wasn't sure what Warden was going to do with Holt. That was definitely going to be a surprise no matter what. I really hadn't figured out what he wanted exactly. But, I mean, I knew Warden was going to die. I knew Holt was going to die. I mean, it's in the title.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, and Ciro, Ciro was pretty obvious. He he was not in the mindset to continue on.
4: Yeah, see, I want to know it.
1: Uh,
3: Vector makes sense because he, he accomplished he his arc is fulfilled. mm
2: mm-hmm. he, He's a and he, he's a minor god. He's a he's a lesser deity. Yeah, I Deniga. kind of
3: thought Davies was gonna die though because I. I just couldn't picture, quite picture a place for him after. Really? Yeah, I mean, what is he going to do?
0: I don't know. After after everything Morn had already done for him, I didn't think Donaldson would dare to leave Davies in any other position than right at the top. I uh,
2: yeah, UMCP, uh, or uh, excuse me. Uh,
0: SDA oh, uh, now, or SPA, the, SPD?
2: SDA, he's going to be their Enforcement Division Director. That's you know in my head he rises to that position. Eventually.
4: Interesting.
3: I just wonder if he can overcome his circumstances because having somebody else's mind is yeah uh, I can't quite imagine.
0: That's only going to be someone else's mind for so long though. Eventually, I'm sure after five or ten years he'll be diverged enough with his it, experience.
3: It
1: helps that he doesn't know anything else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he sort of has to forge ahead.
0: He him to kill and he started to time. Pull a yeah,
3: zero. No. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, there were we times could... in his head where I thought he was too broken.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did get kind of dark, didn't it? It did. Well, <laughs> Just a little. Yeah.
2: Which is probably more significant. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. Exactly. If
2: we're d- dipping our toes into characters a little bit of um, Davies is. I I didn't. He's the one character with whom I am somewhat disappointed because didn't feel like there was enough time to give him a proper conclusion. Yeah, his his climactic moment was stepping aboard Calm Horizons. Yeah, and then his Uh, story is pretty much over from that point on. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, decision making is yeah. the, The the story basically once they rescue Warden, the story becomes about Warden, Angus and Holt. And, and that's pretty much it until the end. Um, Morn has already gotten her, you know, her uh, climactic moment speaking with the council. Coin has already gotten her moment where, you know, and, and Hashi and Lane and they pass the bill of severance. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, really focuses in after the rescue on calm horizons to, to the gods.
4: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I think Min also is a real triumph. Because,
4: yes. Because
1: she conquers her own virginity and emerges. She emerges wiser and a better and a real leader, especially by letting, uh, letting them take over the, uh, off,
4: ship yeah,
0: and, yeah, she really justifies seeing
1: it, through, seeing it through all the way, and she's she's a real hero because she's a jerk, of, you know, the first few books. She
3: really, yeah, I didn't so hate cool. her ever.
1: No, I didn't hate her, but I was just like, ah, oh, we
2: can shut up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with Jean. I, I've talked about it on previous episodes, how she, she on previous readings, especially, she always annoyed me. Uh, or, early on, and
1: because she's supposed
0: to. I think. Yeah, no, she didn't know. Because me. she's she's the, the honorable Lord. person who
2: has nevertheless gone along with the authoritarian regime, which is yes. just so like you, you, you just want to smack her today. like you're you're better than this. Yeah, there there is a more than a little Ned Stark in Min Donner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a very apt comparison, I think. Hmm. But uh, it, it, do we have any other, you know, writing style points um, to discuss before we really go into characters? Just one, um, and to reemphasize how good the pacing of this was in more specific terms. Now that the book is over, he does this thing.
4: Huh. You
2: know, you start a chapter with a character, and you're kind of like, oh, this this character." Okay, let's plow ahead, and then and then the crazy starts escalating and then it, boom, it cuts you off right at that point and switches you to another character. You go, damn it. What was happening with them? And then he repeats that process every single time the chapters change and it's so effective. Yes. Uh, And I also wanted to point out, you know, there are uh, 50, what, 55 chapters in this book. Yeah. And like in the rest of the series, the chapters tend to be on the longer side but you hit about the 80% mark in the book and suddenly you know at the 80% mark we're 40 chapters in and then there are 15 chapters for the remaining 20% they yeah. get much shorter much uh, you know the it's that Brandon Sanderson kind of thing where yeah. there are these Uh, short fast chapters and then buried in the middle of those you have one much longer chapter or in this case it's two where we have a a warden chapter and an angus chapter in the middle of it but uh, it's it is very interesting to to see how those the the chapter lengths play into the pacing as we approach the conclusion
0: Hmm. yeah i was i was reading on an e-reader myself so the page count was already higher than normal so it made it kind of seem at times during the book like I was getting nowhere because I think my e-reader is showing like 970 pages but there was times in this book near the end when I was thinking all right I'm going to finish this chapter and I'm going to go to bed and then I would turn that last page and I would see the next chapter even for me was like 12 pages which I think would translate to like seven or eight pages in physical I was like okay no sweat like for the first time in a long time I was actually being kept awake by a book that I was reading and so I found that a bit surreal I, it's thumbs up for me just just for that simple fact yeah
2: yeah yeah the the i've said it before i'll say it again this book is just a white knuckle kind of book like uh it's it's so intense from the beginning to the end and the intensity just keeps ramping up you know uh, until we we hit that denouement in the last couple of chapters
0: yeah even on a sentence-by-sentence level, the writing is phenomenal. And it wasn't overly complicated. It was actually remarkably simple at times. It just, if that felt more like a stylistic choice than like any sort of limiting factor, there were times when we did get that, we got that focal pullback where Donaldson does that thing that so many authors do, and he does it really well, like where he describes his characters in the moment by what they are rather than who they are or like using their name or anything like that. There was a moment in chapter 48 I wrote down here to bring up my style points I'll be talking about this more when we get to Angus, too, on our character discussion, but he tossed his laser cutter to Warden, or so I should say not he tossed his laser cutter to Warden, but rather he tossed his laser cutter to the man who'd framed him and wrecked him so that he could be welded. Like, I love this technique. I use this so much in my own writing. Anybody who's read my infrequent pieces on Patreon, will, they've, they've seen this. I love to do this myself. Avoiding repeating someone's name again and again in favor of their title or their reputation. Like I didn't write down the numerous times this happened, but it's all over this final book. And I loved it. I love that technique. And I, I had to bring this up before we got out of style, but now I'm out of style.
2: This is a really interesting point you bring up. I do like this technique in, in very sparing usage. Right. (laughs) I Um, know what
3: you're going to reference.
2: Yeah. uh, We're going to be recording an episode tomorrow night. Uh, Not Rob, but uh, Lauren and myself and a couple other guests, on Rogue Squadron, the first X-Wing book. And Michael A. Stackpole uses this uh, this technique all the time. And it drives me up the wall. He doesn't here, use it that way. It, it, yeah, it's, it's like it, he, he, instead of saying, you know, like, Wedge Antilles, he'll be like, Rogue Squadron's commander. It's, it it, it doesn't Add anything to the story by just describing a character who, whom you already like know in these very simple terms. But here, you know, like in the example you just gave, Rob, that not only you know describes Warden, but it gives you insight into Angus's uh, yeah.
0: head headspace. It's you a know, pivotal like, moment for Angus. It's amazing. Yeah,
2: it's it's th- this is what's going through Angus's head when he's making this decision. Yeah,
1: most of the best is
2: what you don't notice them. yeah yeah there's a, a a fairly popular theory of what makes good prose and, uh, and that theory is that it, prose which you do not notice for for good or for bad is good prose because it except, just carries you through the story
1: except those for those times when you're supposed to notice Right. I mean, you're supposed to say, wow, that's great. And, and so yeah. it doesn't apply all the math. I mean, most of the time,
4: that's good advice. And I think that's, that's good. Well, out of all
1: the
2: things that I've, I've read,
1: most of the
4: stuff, I think that this is the best writing. I, I, I
1: agree. agree. Yeah, for, for sure.
2: Yeah. I, I am of the opinion that the first book in the series is pretty good, and each book just... Gets better than the one before it.
5: I had a comment about writing style. Um, Well, first on just how how easy or not easy it is to read. Uh, Donaldson does have a thing for fancy words. I I think my favorite is apotheosis. Uh, (laughs) My it's my all time favorite. I try to use it as often as I can. Right. I would throw that out there.
0: Still. It's pretty
5: blame difficult, me. I'd say, to throw Can't that. you releasing people from their codes?
4: Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, Almost yeah. <laughs> to it's my... hard,
2: like, if you're going to McDonald's to make an order or something, it's
5: hard to throw that casually into the... I know, this doctor will be the apotheosis of my <laughs> deal.
2: And, and then the, uh, the poor guy taking your order, like, convulses on the floor. As <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Oh,
4: oops! Gotta stop... Oh yeah, it's got to to
0: stop.
5: words out there. And <laughs> stop doing your best second. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'm yeah, yeah. thinking how to bring that one in there. <laughs> oh um, man.
5: But uh, on a bit more serious note, one thing that I, I love about Donaldson is detail and how he can pull you into the moment. That's that's partially why it's also it's also intense. Uh, primarily, uh, just one little detail, uh, cigarettes. I mean the, there's an underlying theme of addiction. Uh, throughout this whole story and one of the ways that's conveyed is yeah all these characters they're heavy heavy smokers and that helps that helps convey just how anxiety written all these characters are just how like nervous and
2: uh,
5: fraud
4: this yeah might be a good, yeah.
5: exactly I think uh, yeah where it's like they have cigarettes which are burning and uh, the ash has gone all the way through the, the cigarette and they haven't even touched it or they're like nervously flicking it or something like that it's these little details, uh, that I love. Uh, and I don't, I've never read an author that does anything, anything like that, that, that pulls you into the moment with these characters, uh, like Donaldson Duff does in his
2: books. Yeah. He, he has a really good, uh, track record of giving each character, uh, a sort of tick for when they're under a great yeah. deal of stress. Uh, you know, like Milo, you know, like you said, several characters, uh, are, are smokers. Um, but other characters have different elements of this. You know, uh, going back to a dark and hungry god arises, where uh, Liette Correggio uh, has these moments of hearing wind in her ears. You know, or or Min, when she's under a lot of stress, her hand grasps for her gun at her waist.
0: Even straightening you know, out his clothes and his glasses.
3: Well, he drops and, his, you know, glasses his glasses when it's, oh, when right. it's that big. That's he right. loses them completely. Yeah. Yeah. And he straightens his coat, and he like, he's put together all of a sudden instead of his haphazard, on purpose, style.
4: Yeah. And
3: and you know when his glasses drop to the floor, you're like, oh, oh, he's <laughs> this is this is big. Where are my glasses be wet. And the point that Matt brought up in one of the previous podcasts
4: about how Donaldson's characters are always unbelievably exhausting. I mean, yeah. I
1: mean, and in this book it's even more yeah. I and mean, I'm trying to figure out what that means and I, I, I really haven't come up with that does anybody have any thoughts on that so there, I mean,
3: the purpose
1: of exhaustion
3: yeah about that. there was um, a point last night where I was in the midst of them all being exhausted and I, I came out and I was like Drew I'm exhausted I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm feeling all, all of their feelings. It's overwhelming.
2: Well, I, th- I think in general he's just trying to bring you to a, sy- a point of sympathy.
4: Yeah, both yeah. uh, uh, the characters the are, are at the end of the rope. Uh,
1: yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. If you if you want to
2: uh, dig a little bit into it, it's it could be that he's he's trying to make the point that people can be pushed farther than they think they could go okay. in the service of in the service of good ends Well. yeah and yeah maybe definitely. It, it is it's only things like that that can people keep people
1: going under those circumstances okay.
3: yeah a bit of bit of calf bit of uh what do they call it stim, stim?
4: yeah yeah, yeah cat stim <laughs> I, <laughs>
3: No, calf, caffeine. Cat calf is weak. as well. Yeah.
2: Cat. The cataleptic. Stim. Uh, yeah.
3: Oh I want <laughs> to know what stim a... tastes like. They've got their stew pack
2: upgrades, Drew. Yeah, right. yeah, Combat
0: drugs.
3: I was doing calf, <laughs> yeah.
0: like real time calf.
2: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, shall we uh, move into characters or do we have any last style points here?
0: I can move into characters. How about you guys? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. So,
3: Okay, Who do we, we start, start with? Yeah, I know. I mean, do we well, start or end with Ward
2: on, on Davies and Min a little bit? Um, okay. We can we can work our way up to the big the big ones and start out small. Yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. Vector. Um, let's talk about Davies and Vector.
4: Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Since they have. Their their plots kind of end, or their character arcs kind of end at the same time. Uh, first One off. more abruptly than the other, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Vector Shahid. <laughs> called it, called it. Didn't it's either. not just. It's not just that he died in battle, and it's not just that he died saving somebody. He died saving Angus. Yeah. Yeah. That's the kind of guy,
0: Vector
2: Shahid.
0: Yeah. It's the kind of guy he always was. You know? Like, like
2: a, a, lot series, uh, yeah. a lot of the people in this series a lot of the people in this series you really can't say are good people. Yeah,
0: Vector is a good person. Vector he and Sib and bad. hey, what happened to both of them in equal measures? Uh, yep.
3: Vector had a period where he was bad. I like we we had that from Morn. Morn's perspective. When he outright denied her at the very beginning. I
4: guess. He
3: was he was a bad guy and he was designed to it. And she changed his mind.
0: Yeah, he has to start somewhere, yeah. right? You can't just end the same guy that he started as. Yeah. I don't know, that's all, that's, that's I, just how I wanna justify it. I'm just making excuses.
3: <laughs> well, I think I, I, I would think call Vector bad. He was bad.
0: He's
2: Vector's more of a he was being a conformist. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: He's given up responsibility for his own, I don't know, morality. Yeah, he was a broken yeah, you man who
2: felt responsibility, he had no options.
0: conform to the environment that surrounds you in, you know, he,
3: piracy
4: and resign yourself.
3: No, he took responsibility for it. He, he accepted that he helped Nick do horrible things. And he, he, he outright says right.
2: it. He did eventually, but what I'm saying is this is how we found him when when he's introduced we found him in this in this sort of a, a sort of a jelly in his environment. Hmm. He's kind of molding himself to whatever was around him. And then he molded himself to what Morn was when she came into his life.
3: Well, he hated himself and he thought he deserved the worst and she made him see differently.
0: Magic of Morn.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my only point about yeah, Vector was, hey, I called it. <laughs> she's, too, she's too kind to live. That's the old Wizard of Oz, where the
1: cowardly lion turns out to be the brave one. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. fancied himself a coward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: But it was appropriate that uh, Vector got to go out being the savior of humanity in ways he didn't even realize uh, by okay. saving Angus he already knew that you know he had achieved his life goal of developing and releasing the, the immunity drug, but he had one more thing to do to, to truly be a savior of humanity. And that was, in its own weird way, let Angus do his thing.
3: <laughs> well, just the fact that he was willing to go and sacrifice himself because they didn't know if they were going to make it through that.
4: Mm-hmm. And
3: just, I love that Donaldson shows he and Davies in the ship just absolutely losing their minds in terror right before they go out.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: If you, if you want subtle points, consider this. Sometimes being the savior of humanity means saving a human.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Oh, well, yeah, Who else? Anyway, rip. Rip to Vector to yeah. Vector, Ripta Sib, both of them. I wanted them to have better things.
2: Do yeah. Do we have anything on Zero to talk about? I, I feel like.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob. <laughs> All right. Is, All right. This is this this is where I have my biggest disconnect from the story. Is, I guess this is more Mika than it is Zero, but it, it obviously they're they're hand in hand. This may be my only major character complaint for the entire series. I just don't buy it. I, I and I, we talked about this. I don't buy it. There's no way in hell. As an oldest child myself, that I would decide to validate my own little brother's desire to commit suicide out of either A, the fear of the unknown, which is, you know, turning into an Amnion, that's fear of the unknown, which understandable, but I still don't quite jive with that. Or B, it especially be ignorance or refusal to accept that he's clearly been saved from that fate. Anyway, like I'm so I'm I was already firmly against Ciro's motivations for sabotaging the drives in the first place, despite having been saved by Vector and seeing Sora's Shadowlane's complete destruction, Ciro was pro, that was irritating me so profoundly. And to watch it all come to a head here with Mika deciding to let him kill himself, to even to even validate that mindset by letting him be a hero. It was just so infuriating to me because I thought what I was hoping for that that Mika, who was my favorite character for the first four books, I glowed about Mika for the, that entire time. I didn't. There's there's no way in hell I could entertain the notion of letting my only brother do such a thing, especially on such bullshit notions. I had so much hope for Mika. The only personal relationship in this book that I could relate to personally was theirs. I wanted to see Mika tear down the stars to save her little brother. That's what She's I wanted. She's not to see. What's that? If she
3: were mourn, she would have.
0: Yeah. That's a feeling I can get behind. I want to see her rip the universe apart to save her little brother. And to watch it swing so hard in the opposite direction shocked me and appalled me. I just I hated Ciro's ending. It was it was beautiful in a way. And it was undoubtedly cool. That's a what a badass way to go out. But if you really wanted to make the most heroic action possible, I would have made Angus do it. For me. But
5: Peter, I wouldn't let you. Right. And then again, whenever if we ever have to go through something like this, who knows? Uh, <laughs> no. I had trouble accepting Zero's and Sanity too.
0: Thank you. Just yeah.
1: because, but but then I told myself, well, he's insane. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean you try to reason you try to reason your way out of it, but insanity is by definition not reasonable. So Which
0: yeah, is what I thought. Mika should come in. That's what I thought. She would help him for that insanity. I wanted that so bad. But I agree. I agree with Rob. That, they,
1: and I hadn't really considered it before. That, I mean, Mika, that that is a little weak from a structural point of view. She does
0: sort of. It might be a personal thing. It might just you be
2: for me. No. I don't. I don't disagree with either of you on any particular point, but I just don't care enough about Mica for it yeah. to be a big deal for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fair huh. enough. I mean, she's not major, but. Yeah. But okay. I think Robin she was said. another character who, like Davies, I didn't think had enough time to either do anything important or be fleshed out to the fullest of her potential. I think it's just about well, resonating. she does
4: when she has that long talk with Born. You know, when she, yeah. she explains herself, and, and
1: uh, I thought that it was done adequately. She is a part of woman of character. and, yeah. and, and I mean she's so she's just competent. mildly, mildly now superfluous. Uh-huh.
5: As
2: was Kiro, for that matter. Well
5: heavy word to throw around. I mean Donaldson is many things,
4: care careless is, is not one of them. I feel mm. like, you know, there's a lot of intention behind
5: every behind everything, behind all of these but. these characters. So i perhaps I'm not sure what he was go getting at with this this perhaps this character 180, but, I mean, there was some intention there.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I, I think is, for me... Is it, it go ahead. just to
5: show the failure of uh, of Mica, Because, like Lauren said, she isn't born, and in that way she just yeah. know, she wasn't able to uh, pull this off, or or was it a necessary part of the... Is it a, an inevitable conclusion that there to that character?
2: Yeah, I, I think it is important to see characters fail so that yeah. when our heroes succeed it, it stands out it, it's not yeah. like oh everybody just is this awesome it's like no this this person is special Morn is superhuman angus is superhuman these other people are strong humans but in the end are only human you know that kind of thing or in some cases are weak you know uh not that i'm saying mika is but zero, zero certainly is. was um, yeah. and in the end, Nick was yeah. yeah, he was weak and he died because yeah. of it. Yeah, it's uh, mean... it shows the cost of all yeah. of this, yeah.
4: and like I, if, I
3: don't even
2: though, even though I... we, like I said, we get what we want. Mika and Kiro are, and Vector are all examples of the fact that in the real world, this kind of corruption, this kind of evil, cannot be gotten rid of without. Without
3: loss.
2: Yeah.
3: And I don't have I mean, a justification kind of for evil, her. Right? Like, if it
2: was just but, mildly inconvenient, and no one really had to suffer to change anything, we, we, why, why did we care? Hmm.
3: That's fair. Lauren, what were you saying there? I don't have a justification for Mika, but I do have a defense in that I think she is so utterly exhausted and beaten by the end, and she's already failed once with, with Kiro That she doesn't have anything left to give him.
2: Yeah, like, she's carried through much of the series by what amounts to righteous anger. And, you, you know, you can't sustain that kind of emotion.
0: Righteous anger burns hot. Yeah. That's
4: true.
0: I don't I just... I can accept that if it was for her own fate. I can't accept that, like... If it, it's all on reasoning, for me it's just on it's uh, it's just on on rationale, and I, I get he's insane. But it's like, if if my little brother wanted to go out by causing a black hole and saving humanity, based on the fact that he wanted to do something that good in his life or with his life, it'd be the most heartbreaking thing I'd ever done. But I think I could at least entertain that notion. But for Ciro, it was because I'm afraid, and because I can't stand going on because I'm too broken. Like that reasoning would be why I couldn't let that happen. I couldn't let him die thinking. And I think Mika really Mika really failed him there,
3: she and on top really. of that, she's been his parent yes, for yes. half his life. she has been his mother in a way, and it's it's even more heartbreaking because of that
0: he's what fifteen sixteen i forget sixteen
2: uh he's 16? a little older than sixteen he's he's older done- than He's older than Davies.
0: He's not even done developing or maturing it. yet. I mean, he, he could very well have lead a, a somewhat normal life after a lot of, you know, time, distance, therapy, and and context. You know, like, just, I, I I wanted so much more from Mika, and I wanted, just, and I didn't get it. So, when you asked anything about Ciro, I had to at least bring that. That's why I went, oh boy, <laughs> I had to at least get that off my chest, so.
2: Yeah. Um... Fair enough. We'll, we'll stick in with the, the crew that went over to Calm
0: Horizons. Uh, how about Dolph? Dolph Bickley.
2: <laughs> I
4: don't write down anything yeah. in
0: particular about Dolph.
3: I like Fat, man. Fat man. I <laughs> think
2: in particular all, just other than the fact that I like him. Yeah. yeah, same. That's it. That's all I have to say. I,
3: I, I like in
2: particular, appreciated his interactions with Warden after they get off Calm Horizons.
4: Mm.
2: And, and the way Dolph's um, kind of personality, his, his uh, inclination toward, like, being friendly with people, wars with his duty, and Warden has to kind of take it out of his hands, you know? Yeah. Who allow his duty to reconcile, like, what what he needs to do. Um, I, I appreciated that. He's another one of those stolid characters.
0: Say stalled to the
2: point, yeah, yeah, to the point where it's surprising. Like every time he's like, "No, we gotta play this by the book." Like, dude, fucking why? <laughs> like, do you understand what's happening right now? Come yeah. on, they're, they're cops. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's just yeah.
4: It, it, I'm more of a rebel at heart than Dolph is. I suppose.
3: <laughs> well, if he'd been playing it by the book, then he would have arrested everybody. Yeah. And, and he did what
2: he was strongly inclined to do. He, yeah, so he was what? talked out of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's see. Um I'm I'm like trying to to leave Agus awarded for last. <laughs> <laughs> we can. Uh, let's talk about Koina. Let's talk about Koina and Lane. Lane. Because I love both of them. And and We don't see this on screen, but Lane's are. Major, you know, arc climax is her quitting smoking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm a huge Koina fan. She's one of my favorite characters in this whole series, and I, I love that she gets this crowning moment. Um, facilitating. It's not. It's not that she's the one doing things, but she's the one allowing things to happen when they need to happen. And, uh, and I, I appreciated the foil between, you know, the, the conflict uh, between Cletus Spain and Koina. Everything about the GCES session just is, is so enjoyable to me. Uh, it's, I, I know, Rob, you're not a, a huge political fan, but it's not just the politics of it. It's the character moments. It's the way Koina interacts with everybody around her that makes it so good to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not a huge fan of politics. I just I wasn't gonna complain about it. I was just gonna say Aquino ah, was okay. Nothing really complained, but it didn't stand out for me. Just a just a personal taste thing. I'm not gonna say that it's, you know, bad writing or anything. It's just not my uh, cup of tea, proverbially speaking.
5: Really. So so. Say the the dynamic war between whether or not the U.M.C.P. gets rechartered That that wasn't um, that wasn't something you were really invested in. You're like, oh, maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't happen.
0: But... I was invested in our characters more than than yeah, the okay. overarching theme for humanity. More I was I, I I wanted Vector. I wanted Sib before. I wanted Mika and Zero. And and I wanted to see more in story told. I wanted Warden to go out like an awesome badass, and he did. And I wanted to see Fatsner fall. But I wasn't really – these are all personal reasons. Oh, hey, Nick. I wanted Nick to die horribly. So that was a big thing that I had going on there for a while. I totally forgot about that. Almost forgot about that. But, yeah, as far as the GC, like everything, the governing council, and I just – eh, I wanted to get past it back to the action. I'm very simple that way. I'm not a particularly complex reader in some ways. So, were you a big fan of let's
5: say the the ants the how does he say it ancillary Ansel- documentation? Um, well, for me, I loved little bits. Uh, I loved those where it was giving you the, sort of the geopolitical background
0: of this whole thing. I loved every single second of that. I um, loved some of them, okay. like with the uh, the gap drives and the singularity grenades and the the first contact with Amnion, especially the first contact with Amnion. I was so into it there. But yeah, there were some ancillary documentation files that I was just like, mm, I was kind of. Wanting to go back to sleep when I, you know, putting the book down at that point.
2: Well, Rob, you're a consistent person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all the time. You know guys. me. Consistent. It's, ad- it's
2: admirable. With all yep. these fickle breeders out there these days, yeah. you, you stick to your guns. I like
0: to keep people Fair on their toes, you know, be unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, there is a heavy political
1: theme to it, you know, the, 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 even if it's just the old power corrupts big part of the
2: whole series. Yeah, I mean I I told Rob this or that I was like when you dig down to a certain level this whole series
0: is politics. Yeah, like
4: Absolutely. yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. But uh, politics is the spine of this whole series. Yeah. It, it it's all centered there. So
2: yeah, if the theme is power corrupts, what do we make of Angus's with his moment of liberation? is gaining oh. of more power and then immediately
0: starting to do more virtuous things. With it. I was going to save that for like, Angus discussion well, Are we moving it, there. Well, I don't think do you can apply the that head. theme for to like, Angus
2: like cuz Angus has a very specific thematic arc about um, captivity and and liberation. And and I I don't think that really falls in the same, you know, track as as the political situation with you know the gods so to speak um around earth i think that's a, a really tough parallel to draw
1: okay okay fair enough
2: Well, he does come full circle Rhythm, like, hero. yeah there, there are many characters who who do not rise to that level of deity um but are engaged with the gods, so to speak, who have similar uh, arcs around captivity and liberation. We have it with Morn, we have it with Angus, we have it with Norna, Like uh, we have it with Dolph, uh, but those, those characters kind of have their own thematic side of the series, whereas Holt and Min and Hashi and Warden have the the gods the, the power of the gods um they have that whole theme going on
4: uh, mm. speaking of
2: speaking of the gods um, hashi
4: yes <laughs> about time um
2: i i really appreciated what you were saying about min dad and thought that the same really the same lesson you could apply to hashi too his his story concludes in roughly in the same way that, that min's does where victory is achieved by him giving up, letting go of his vanity and his, his pride. Sacrificing what he really wants You know, to, to address the council and to show them all that they're idiots. <laughs> and all of that.
1: In a way, it's the opposite of me. Because Hashi's problem is that he doesn't really believe anything. And the, Donaldson goes to great pains to... The, the, truth doesn't mean anything. Facts. Yeah. And so he, well, the is too rigid, the Hashi is too nebulous, and he attains once he realizes what what he's doing, then he becomes more of a solid character. He's got a purpose, and he he sees that through. So he, I think, he does the same thing from the opposite side.
2: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it.
0: Agreed. Mm, nice.
2: I mean, and just so enjoyable. Yeah, just every every time, like, yes, Sashi, all right. And I, I have to admit, I, I forget every time I read this series uh, that Davies breaks his jaw.
4: It's oh, like uh, How do you forget gets,
2: that? he gets given immunity uh, <laughs> uh, from from prosecution, <laughs> and he immediately turns around and breaks Sashi's <laughs> jaw.
0: Yeah. <laughs> He's not
5: And even Hashi by. said, oh, "Fair enough." Yeah, 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 yeah. And the <laughs> Reader too are like, "Yeah, okay, fair enough."
2: It's like, yeah, I had that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it is pretty remarkable seeing uh, where Hashi ends this series versus uh, the first time we see him as he's torturing Angus. You know, we're we're given to expect that he's yet another of these sadistic evil people like angus or like nick or you know like the bill or or whomever were were given this terrible first impression and then donaldson once again somehow manages to pull you along and and get you liking hashi by the end of it like you know what saves him is that hashi he doesn't have any ambitions he begins right. the series where he wants to be and he ends the series where he wants to be, as far as you know, any normal definition of, of career goals or whatever. He yeah. really, got Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He just wants to be where he is and right. doing what he's doing. And but if he wanted more than that, that might push him over the edge into something truly sinister. Well, and yeah. it, it was important to get inside of his head and realize that what he was doing to Angus wasn't so that he could feel good about causing pain to somebody else. What he was doing to Angus was proving to himself his own genius, saying, I can do this yeah. because my genius allows it to happen. Like, it, it's, a, it, it's a very internalized circuit rather than a, an external action upon somebody else or an external desire upon somebody else.
3: And what makes that even more interesting is that he's humbled by someone like Dios. Yes. You know, like he that's kind of surprising to me, the kind of character that he is seems to be so isolated and singularly focused on his own projects, but he cares about Wharton's projects and respects the man when they're not even running in the same spheres necessarily. I don't know, I just think he's interesting. Agreed.
2: Very much so. And another and another very satisfactory conclusion. Yes. To an interesting character. Agreed. Oh yeah. Um, shall we shall we move on to Warden?
3: No, Lane.
4: Oh, um, oh yeah. Right.
3: Lane. We haven't talked about Lane. She has this amazing, amazing moment where she testifies in front of the GCES, and then falls asleep.
0: <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. Back to that old exhaustion.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Bringing it full circle again. Yeah, I didn't write down anything in particular about Lane. She was interesting to read, what? but there were just so many other characters to talk about. I didn't want to have my points, my, my notes here reach 4,000 words again. So Lane was somebody I omitted yeah. any particular points about, but I liked her.
3: But that scene was so yeah. huge. It, it, was, it yeah. completely
4: yeah.
3: turned the council. Yeah, she she provided everything. Council,
2: you did have a moment of panic there where Hashi was like, uh, "I can't do this. Um, let me look around real quick and see who can do this."
3: And no. she's on the ground already.
2: Yeah, yeah like, oh <laughs> dang, <laughs> this is <a> problem. <laughs> oh,
3: so good though. But also, it's it's amazing to me that she brings this moment of humanity it's from memorable. Hashi. Yeah, like Hashi actually takes the time to care about somebody else, and like yeah, they uh, they, they
2: get together after this in my
3: in my. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Hashi yeah. has room for any yeah, o- I don't think anybody Hashi's else.
2: Interested in that? Like, I love that I we can he, laugh. He at the says idea. he says he wants to marry her at one point. You know, wow. I think like it's an head.
3: expression in yeah, his head. Yeah,
2: I read that much more as like right. a term of endearment, like "Oh, I love you," but not like "I yeah. want to get with you." Yeah, no,
5: no. <laughs> my my
2: hypothesis is that it will grow into something.
3: <laughs> okay, I like. But I would like that.
2: Maybe, I can see that's, it. That's, yeah. Right. Is, they come out of the womb smoking and adjusting. Their <laughs> oh, <laughs> God.
0: <laughs> oh God. Oh uh, God. There's oh, your thumbnail. Man. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah. Alright. Uh, yeah, let's... Let's talk Warden. You
3: are okay. just kidding.
2: Yeah. Alright, let's do it. Let's we, get in it. The here. baddest of the bad, Warden Dios. Uh, uh, Warden Dios. What an incredible character. Just... Mm-hmm. Just majestic.
0: I got a lot of what I wanted. I said I wanted to see him actually do something a little more, like... You'd expect somebody badass to do, and yep, that was that was what I wanted. That was awesome. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Right, he's. Got I mean, to even see him as, get his like, hands dirty. Even as he's like wrapping up negotiations, as early as when he's wrapping up negotiations on calm horizons, and he's, he just heads out to meet Davies and Vector as they arrive. And I quoted here: "The fault for their plight was his. If nothing else, he owed it to them to look them in the eyes when they sacrificed themselves." Lyrical. I love. I just. This guy is so tragically incredible. I love it. Yeah.
3: And at the same time, right before that, he admits that uh, he's not strong enough and he is so utterly corruptible by the mutagen. He just... He knows that they could manipulate him and he thinks immediately, I should have had Min here because she would be stronger. And yet, I'm going to go on anyways...
0: the end.
2: Rest in peace Warden D.S. The
0: rest end. in peace Warden.
2: It's, it's so funny to think about like uh, he, Donaldson did a great job of making Warden feel more than human. Like saying rest in peace Warden doesn't feel the same way rest, rest in, in peace Vector or yeah. rest in peace Sib feels.
0: Rest in legend Warden. Yeah, yeah like <laughs>
2: he's he doesn't feel like a mortal. You know, he he feels like a god whose whose work lives on. You know, should be a it, constellation it's...
0: named after him or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, Peter, what do you think about Warden?
5: Well, going off of what you just said, it, it makes sense sense. he has that sort of divine attribute with his his eye patch, and his eye. Uh, that's kind of the that kind of power to sort of see through people and determine if people are lying or telling the truth is something. Uh, something you see a, uh, a lot about in, uh, in other sort of magic systems, I guess. But here it has a technological explanation. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so funny, the, that paradox between the guy who can see through everybody else and yet at the same time is himself such a, like a shadow. Um, what amazes me about Warden is uh, he's a, I, I'd say he's a political mastermind. What amazed me about him is that there was this huge controversy about mutagen and Holt convinces him to suppress it. And yet, from then, he decides to, to work against Holt, but to do so in such an indirect fashion, to work behind the scenes so sort of meticulously, so subtly, and even then, the conversations, or sorry, even uh, at the end of the story, the conversations between Warden and Holt are, to me, some of the most intense, because, I mean, that that's Warden at, at his best, maybe, where he's... He's just so he's so good at what he does. Where right? he's the only person who could take hold on and win. So yeah, he's this he's this almost mythic uh, character. He has so much uh, power to him in, in uh, physical and uh, and yeah, in other ways. So I mean, yeah, that's that's my hot take on one
3: So <laughs> is he Odin then?
5: Ah, uh, maybe.
3: <laughs> With the missing What's eye and the eye patch, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: All his godlike powers, he could not have done it, he could not have come close to doing it without mourning and angst. Yeah, yeah. And he acknowledges that. Uh, and that's. He's, yeah.
4: not,
1: he's not too full of himself. So. I, I
2: he's, he's a great Yeah. I also appreciate that he's not the dying and resurrecting God, um, which we've seen a great deal of. And, and doesn't need to be gone into more than it has been in, in recent science fiction and fantasy. Really? He's just, like, Odin is a good is a good one. <clears throat> well, he, he straight up is, uh, as far as you can draw a parallel to the ring cycle from from the gap cycle, he is Odin. Yeah. And so. in, in, in that mythology interesting thing about Odin is, you know, they, they have, and and the other gods, they're set up to lose from the beginning. You know, the Giants will win in the end, but everyone goes down with Odin fighting for you know, the, the good and the right and the, and all of that.
4: Yeah. yeah. I
2: kind of expected the series to take that kind of a turn because of that. They, and maybe the Amnion crush humanity eventually. And, and that, <laughs> that also comes true, but Everyone went down fighting for Rome. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and that is why it's it gets a little muddy when you try to draw one-to-one parallels mm. between Wagner's Ring Cycle and this series, uh, because while it, it definitely inspired Donaldson, he's not just retelling that story.
1: Also, it's really exhausting to listen to Wagner.
4: <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> yeah. I tried, but I. Awesome. You can listen to
2: Ride of the Valkyries and pretty much get the point. There you yeah. go. There
4: you
0: go. <laughs> I'll call <it> Thursday <laughs> night. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> could have put it here in post. But right, uh, Warden.
2: Are we done with Warden? Yeah, with, with Warden. Uh, I also wanted to just talk about how we get to see him humanized a little bit at the end you know, when he's on board UMCHO and he has to work with, you know, the, the resources he has available and he has to make this human connection with the officer in order to, you know, like save everybody on board before he blows up Holt's, you know, uh, uh, Bastion. And uh, I liked, I liked how he had to finally come down to that level and, and act now, rather than playing the long game that he's had the, you know, the luxury of doing for so long. He's like, I'm really good at manipulating people and and really good at attracting people's loyalty, but I'm not great at making people do what I want right now if I'm just meeting them. Like, <laughs> yeah.
4: So I
5: guess in that way, Warden also overcomes uh, uh, the flaw within himself. It mm-hmm.
0: For sure. The guy's still improving.
3: But you know, like if, if he'd overcome everything, he would have lived.
4: Perhaps. He would have he
3: would have found a way to destroy the computers <laughs> without killing himself. Uh, yeah. I mean, how much yep. you want to bet Holt has a stash have of time the at pill?
2: That point. Ooh, I don't know about that. I the you. It was all under data acquisitions.
3: Mm, but why wouldn't you have of of that, just in case?
2: I mean, I don't think Holt ever imagined that he would be You in think danger. He's, too,
3: he's too proud? I,
2: I think it would it would have been beneath him. He didn't really care about the Amnion. He didn't view them as that kind of a threat to himself. He wanted to use the Amnion.
3: Yeah, but there's careful. I don't,
2: know, I, I don't see any reason why
3: and there's trophies. Holt would have
2: had. Because he wanted to get rid of it. He wanted that out of his mind. He was like, all right, I'll let I'll let your your little DA creatures play with it as long as you keep it quiet.
5: Yeah. I think Holt and Warden, their fates were intertwined.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Whatever happened, to one was going to happen to the other. That's the whole crux of,
2: of Warden strategy. Yeah, that's yeah. And yeah, the, great the great thematic backbone of the series yeah. falls apart if Warden lives. So
1: He had sent himself.
4: Yeah.
1: Also, it just occurred to me, though, that if it wasn't for Davies, Holt probably never would have fallen. Because it is revealed to us that Holt's prime motivation was that he wants to live forever. Yeah. And Davies is a kind of wild card in what did not exist at the beginning of the story. And it was only Holt's greed for immortality that enabled Horton to succeed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's well, a really good point.
3: Well, didn't they? I, I, wasn't it already common knowledge that they could force grow?
2: But the point with Davies was, was that, that the, it he, was the implantation the of a mind intact.
3: Yeah, yeah but they knew the that percent, they could force grow. Now Holt had probably
2: already considered the force growing technology as his way, but Davies is the marker that okay, this this for sure is viable. Yeah, and yeah, like force growing. Davies,
1: We can find out how. Yeah, but he
2: had no way of knowing that was going to get pregnant. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, it really was uh, Davy's existence that pushed Holt over the edge. But it's funny to think about and kind of, uh, like, terrifying to think about how, had that not happened, everything Warden did would have been for naught. you know, he, he he wouldn't have been able to execute his plan and, and bring Holt down.
0: And,
3: and Morn so. might have given up.
0: Yeah, And Morn yeah. might have given up. But not if I the reason. Yeah. That's, that's true. Right. Yeah. Oof. That's, that's a very Oof. good point. <laughs> that's valid. 100%. Well, let's valid. talk about Morn. Yeah. 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 Sure. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about Morn myself, just because I, I feel like I did a, most of my talking about Morn in the last part. Or at least in the previous books, for sure. But, uh... Yeah, I mean incredible character. Kind of yeah, she doesn't have a whole lot,
2: but but I what she does have in this part is emotionally powerful. Yeah, I don't I don't have words. It's more you know more of a sound like.
0: I, I feel it. I feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel it. <laughs> Well put. <laughs> Thank you. Just, that,
2: it's Ellis. the most intelligent thing I've ever said on the podcast. I found my new text <laughs>
0: notification noise. <laughs> <laughs> um
5: yeah, it,
2: it, what it really comes down to is that this is an intensely emotional series and mourn is the kind of the fulcrum of that emotion. Vehicle vehicle. Everything yeah. revolves around her and and so it makes sense that at her climactic moment he, you don't really have words to describe it. It's just an emotion inside you, you know, a feeling.
4: Yeah.
3: What does everything, everybody think about, uh, her ending?
0: I thought it was a little fan servicey myself. <laughs> That's what I had said. I was, yeah. So I, I actually,
3: fan
4: servicey. just
0: like, it felt a little too much like, um, uh, like like It was meant specifically to cheer for more than like I, I, what, what I was expecting. It's just a very personal expectation thing. I was expecting something a little darker. I didn't want it, but I expected it. And so I was really kind of shocked by how uh, heartfelt it was.
2: So I, I, you were I had a very different memory of Mourn's ending. Uh, I don't know where this came from. I, I mean, obviously, I made it up. Um, because I vividly remember reading at the end of this that she became this like prematurely old haunt in in the the corridors of UMCPHQ that she never went back to earth and she just lived on the station, looked much older than she was, didn't really talk to anybody and and was just there. God, that's eerie. And, wow and, yeah. yeah and I love it. <laughs> wow. I, and I will be honest. I, I'm I'm writing a, a book right now that uh, I modeled a character off of that impression of Morn Highland at the end of this day all Gods Die*. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, that's like,
1: pretty cool. Yeah, you no, know, well, I like what I got out of her was just resignation. You know, the, the, she had regrets. She had satisfactions. Yeah, she was she just needed several months, years, decades to? Uh, to let it all play out. I mean, she was drained. She was exhausted. um, She needed rest. um, And she was getting. That's simple as that, really. Deserving. Deserving. I think I I mentioned to Meg at one point that
2: The Gap Cycle is not a book series about uh, a rapist who redeems himself. It's a story about how a victim of rape overcomes her circumstances and goes so far above and beyond what you would expect from any human being. Uh, and that, 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 that's more, that's the story. Yeah, there, there is a, a movement among, you know, literary critics and, and authors. Uh, that's been going on for several years now, kind of pushing against rape as a plot device, and uh, and I think at its core, it's a valid movement. But this series doesn't necessarily fall into that like uh, that box, the way, for instance, Thomas Covenant does, because what a lot of People are pushing back against is just using rape as like oh this is how we develop our male characters so many of them have a male character rape a woman and then and then move beyond it and have to deal with the repercussions themselves whereas this one centers the victim And, and i mean go go out and read so many different grimdark uh you know fantasy series in the last 10 15 years it doesn't do that the women kind of get pushed to the side after like they just get used and the only important thing for the plot and for the characters is oh well how does it make the guy feel afterward and and donaldson doesn't do that here no
1: no
2: and that's ultimately why we can care about them as a character yeah uh, i mean it, it, it's well it, is this our segue into angus because i i think that it is a two-sided could thing could I yes, make something about Ward? what could
5: was I, that yeah can i say something about more go ahead yeah yeah a literary connection um, not just character wise but also you know, just the the way the plot is structured, and the whole theme of this series. It's very Dostoevsky for me, and uh, I see a lot of parallels between Gorn and Sonia from Crime and Punishment. I don't know if any of the listeners have have read it, um, but for those who have, there are some some obvious connections in that, so Sonia is this character who is this, well, she's a prostitute, and she, so it's, it's a very degrading lifestyle, and she does it to get money for her family so that her drunk father can just continue drinking and that so she can, some in some very, very small way, support her family. And throughout the course of that story, she ends up redeeming this, the, this murderer, Svonikov. Uh, so there's there's a lot of parallels there where, uh, between a, I guess, a female character who seems to be helpless and a victim of circumstance, who in reality is actually... The, the fulcrum, the the driving mechanism of not just change, but something good, something changing for the better. Um, so yeah, they, so that that was my parallel uh, uh, on more. Well, I think that's valid. I hadn't
2: of that. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't thought of that either, but it makes a lot of sense. You know, once you say it, it's been a long time since I've read *Crime and Punishment*, and it's yeah, not the right. kind of book that I typically try to like connect to yeah. sci-fi fantasy <laughs> hey man it's
5: it's humanity it's it's all yeah it's
4: all connected. nice
5: just because you're in space doesn't you know doesn't change the, the human the human character yeah.
2: well and, and yeah the, that's what the best of whatever genre does it, it's it's a story of people uh whatever the trappings are you know it, just because it happens in space or just because they're dragons and magic doesn't mean it it's not literature.
4: Yeah. absolutely.
5: Mm-hmm. I, would, I would love to ask Donaldson that question uh, on the, on the parallels between them. I wonder if I, I, I don't know if that would be conscious or not for a guy like that. He, I feel like he would almost be, be inevitable, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, just thought.
4: Yeah. 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 Right. For sure.
1: I, that's, that's very interesting. Yep. Um,
2: um So, the big news. Everybody's favorite song. Everybody,
0: one, two, three. Everybody say apotheosis. Yeah. So, Drew, start us off. Angus, dude, what's going on?
2: The the way his arc comes to a head, putting him in the same room as Norna Fastener, (sighs) right at the end. Uh-huh. was absolute perfection. Yeah. It the, the the most like horrific example that Angus could come across of somebody else in the crib and yeah. he is the only one who can free her from it. Of course, she would have died in the explosion. But she what? she would have, but but there is a symbolic act that needs yes. to happen for Angus. Yes,
3: and I think Warden saw that, even if he didn't understand the crib for Angus.
2: Yeah, he he knew on one level, uh, the the captivity Angus had gone through because he put Angus in those chains. Uh, but he didn't necessarily understand the. The depths, or the the literal crib, you know.
4: Yeah, uh,
0: but but oh my goodness! And Angus destroyed that crib. He got the chance yeah. to do that. Yeah, I mean, the,
2: the, uh, yeah, Angus. Angus isn't done either. Is it, when you think about him, he's certainly one of the characters who has much more that would go on in his life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because there, there are still some elements of captivity. In his situation. Some restrictions that are, are put upon him. Yes. but He can now, never return to Morn because she's yeah, on Earth. Or Earth. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
2: Not that Morn would have him back.
3: But uh, yeah. she, she specifically says in the end that she cares about him.
2: Yeah, but she doesn't... She, she,
3: yeah. she cares what happens and she wants good for him
2: yeah but she doesn't want him (laughs) he wants her still he is in love with her she's not in love with him
3: yes but she does she does care yeah
2: yeah
0: I know yeah yeah there is uh, for Angus there is this moment in chapter 48 where Vestibule is threatening him and his son and every inheritor of his flesh or whatever and Angus just looks at Warden and I quoted this he didn't so much as glance at the Amnioni threats like that meant nothing to him you kept one promise, he told Dios roughly. Let's see you do it again. With a flick of his hand, he tossed his laser cutter to the man who'd framed him and wrecked him so that he could be welded. Just those pivotal moments like that are just... I love it. And it, it was it was in this passage here um, that something Donaldson did with Angus sort of struck me. And I'll, I'll, I'll continue on a point I had during this style discussion, uh, talking about these focal pullbacks where Donaldson decides to forego using "who." In favor of what? You know, we were talking about this at the beginning of the episode. omitting a name in favor of a title or descriptor. It occurs to me that Donaldson sort of flipped this on us with Angus Thermopylae. When we meet him in the first book, and particularly with his reputation in the sequels, it was what he was that we were concerned about. The murderer, the rapist, the torturer, and the imprisoner. It wasn't until the sequels that we learned about the who. Angus Thermopylae, trapped in the crib, abused, tortured, dominated by his fear. But then his name gets out. His reputation gets out. Angus Thermopylae becomes the what. His name sets everybody in the governing council talking. Even when Holt Fastener recognizes him, that ending scene there, it ends with his name, Angus Thermopylae, and Fastener starts screaming. But ultimately, with Angus, after his journey, at least for this part of his journey has ended, we see that the, the, you know, witnessing warden keeping his word has changed Angus. And so who he is has kind of flipped as well. Angus Thermopylae is now the what? But the man who planned to rescue Morn, who planned to save you know, Davies and Vector and Warden from Calm Horizons, who tossed Ward the laser cutter and said, you kept one promise. Let's see you do it again. That becomes who he is. And I think that's just brilliant. You know, He no longer recognized himself at all. Between the two of them, Morn and Warden had welded him in ways that he didn't understand, and he couldn't measure. Some essential part of him had been transformed by people who kept their promises. So many of these quotes, just, ah, the character work he did with Angus is some of the best I've ever seen any author accomplish. So I needed to say that. Well put. Yep.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Very well put. I'm not sure I can add anything to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Angus was rob-
0: three quarters of my character wrong, plan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Big fan. Yeah. I mean, I can't say too big of a fan, but. I'm a fan of what Donaldson did with Anger. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think it was possible. I didn't even conceive to think that something like that could be possible. Yeah. So
3: it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic.
2: Now, how how worried are you about a a certain character in a Brandon
0: Sanderson series? This is getting redeemed. This is going (gasps) directly. Oh, oh. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't seen anything out of Sanderson to totally flip a character on that magnitude yet.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah,
0: so, I don't, I don't know, know if I can handle that. I would love to see him tackle the challenge, though. That would be incredible. I would love to see him do that. I think he has it in him. So yeah, yeah, I, that's right. My... Go ahead.
3: I will admit, I really wanted a point of view from Norna. A point of view. Really?
2: Ooh, that'd be dark. Really,
3: really, really. Yeah, that dead. would be.
2: That'd be awful. <laughs> that'd be horrible. I just
3: wanna. I just wanna know her mind.
0: Are you
2: sure?
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: She did create Hulk Fasner. I don't know how much responsibility. She only gave birth to
3: him. She didn't create him.
0: As she raised she... him, though. I there might be something. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I would, I would respectfully decline if that was offered for me. Yeah.
2: yeah, I feel like that would be real disturbing to get a point of Although view. Although it would be her. excellent
0: for <laughs> context. I mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'll
3: admit the use. Yeah, for sure. Maybe some she... like
0: blade of Taishou.
2: Right I can there. see why
0: you'd want. To. I
1: just
3: <laughs> she sees everything.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, and she plays both sides too.
0: Yes, because
1: there's a point where Holt says, "Nora warned me."
4: Yeah,
1: and so she was telling him while she was also telling you know encouraging Ward or telling him he wasn't yeah. that enough. There was something I never understood about Nora.
3: No, yeah. yeah.
1: Why? why? Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, to have some I- kind of. But she's got to be twisted too. I mean, it, yeah. there's got to be. I mean, how can you live like that and not twisted? I was yeah, I, I th-
4: think
2: at a certain point it, it became a compulsion for her to reveal what she knows.
1: Right. Okay.
5: Well, Yeah, it's the need for some kind, any any kind of human connection. But more than that, it, it's it's the the desire to control something. Yeah. Have some kind of. Direct influence over what happens because that's exactly what
4: she's been deprived of.
2: Yeah, it's the need to find some agency in her life in a life of captivity where agency has been stripped from her. You know, and not just like the agency,
5: but you know she's, she's she sees everything. So it's a really cruel torture to to give somebody like this uh, the information that they would need to to want to make. Uh, to act on them, the, the desire to act on all this information to manipulate the uh, events or people and yet have no ability to do it. That must be, that must be that, must, uh, that, would, for that kind of person that would be torturous.
4: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh
0: yeah.
2: Well, do we have any other characters to discuss or uh, miscellaneous points?
0: Um, uh, Vector called it. Oh, I, lo- I love the final line of the book. I I figured you had brought it up by now, Drew. Perhaps humankind could survive without its gods, or would survive without its gods.
2: I have that highlighted on my phone. I was gonna bring it up in miscellaneous but... <laughs>
0: Heck, yes. Oh, uh, we, since we're still on on uh, Norna, I, I totally forgot that I wanted to, to bring her up too. You guys had told me previously. You had sort of just dangled it in front of me. You sort of teased me with, uh, teased me with, with it by saying, you know, oh yeah, we're not we're not done with Norna yet. But then the whole climax happened. And HO was destroyed, in, or sorry, not HO was destroyed. That was, that was what did wrap it up. But like you know, the the whole um, everything was taken care of. I thought, and then there was this extra little bit at the end there, when there was like 60 pages left on my e-reader, and I was already at that point thinking, like, did I mishear them? There's, did, I must, I have to ask them if i would if actually misheard them or not, because I haven't seen anything about Norna yet or anything pointing to Norna yet. And then Warden proposed that little side quest, if you will, or that vital quest, and then. <laughs> Angus was like, you know what? I've done a lot of hunting. But I've never hunted dragon before. And I was like, oh, okay. They, I, I, I'm so glad you guys had teased me with that. So I, before we got <laughs> off of Norna, I had pretty much written that off and I thought I had misheard you, but then it happened and I was so much more hyped for it because of that. So thank you guys.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I have one, one last. This is my final miscellaneous point because okay. it brings things full circle, for me at least a note when Koina is testifying before the GCES and finally revealing the story as she knows it. And she's telling them, you know, this is what we did to, you know, like to weld Angus and, and let him go free with Milos and send them off to Thanatos minor, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, and, she she says, you know, once Captain Thermopylae had carried out his mission, he fled Forbidden Space. Punisher had been sent to the Combine Belt to provide support in case he needed it. When his flight took him to Massive Five, she followed. And then Tell Burnish puts in, says, do you call this complicated? It seems simple enough. And internally, Koina thinks, ah, but she hadn't yet told him the
0: real story.
4: Yeah. Nice.
0: Phrasing. I like it. <laughs> good stuff loved it it's good stuff. And
4: a
2: neat little round off
0: yeah yeah uh okay no, shall we go into favorite scenes or do we have any other miscellaneous
2: no no more miscellaneous
0: here all right okay mm-hmm. okay so who's participating in favorite scenes drew i lauren
4: yep and i
0: and pat okay okay all right uh, how are we starting Rob, uh, take it off. I'll take it off with my third favorite then. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, uh, Warden invoking apotheosis in via trans, which in, objectively is actually a really, really odd sentence. Via transmission to Punisher. Yeah. We, we, it was great to finally see this pay off. My only regret, though, is I would have preferred to see the existence of these codes being revealed a bit earlier, maybe in Book 2 or Book 3. But if you think about it, an even longer... like If my only complaint is that I wanted more of it it just goes to speak about how great it really is. You know? <laughs> I, it's yeah. still,
2: uh, but do you still do you have any honorable mentions? I should ask that as
0: well. Nope, okay, not cool. today. Uh, uh, well, uh, Pat, I have, how about you?
2: I have one line that's
0: an honorable mention, and then oh. I'll do my third thing Okay. The,
2: the the tech speaking to warden Dios with Holt's message. What did he say, son? He he said, "If you don't get your ass over there in five minutes, he'll." Beat your balls to his mother. <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah that's right. oh, no. <laughs> I think
0: everything's Ward's reaction to that too was really killed it for me. It was nice, or not killed it, did um, it for me.
4: But
2: my my third favorite scene was um, Hashi's moment of uh, of self sacrifice and deciding to let Lane talk to the council instead. And, and you know his his line are are you suggesting that she wants me to trust her? You know, that's like the first time you'd ever even considered such a drastic step. Yeah. All, all in all, a great scene.
0: Okay. Nice. Laura.
3: Third favorite is uh, Angus coming up behind Holt, grabbing, putting his hand around his face, <laughs> talking mm. to him. Hmm.
0: <laughs> that was one of those scenes I didn't want oh. to like and I did.
1: Oh, I liked it. <laughs> oh yes. <Yeah. laughs> it's just so likable.
0: Yeah, what's not to like?
3: And then and then his three cyborgs just um sitting in their chairs watching.
0: Yeah. And they
2: fall. He, he didn't biggest, think like, about only
3: having single. them, you know, voice commanded. Yep. Sucks to suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sucks to
0: suck. <laughs>
2: Catholic 2021. Uh, so uh, I, I have an honorable mention. Okay. It is Angus realizing what's going on with Norna, and I want to read it because it's so good. So swiftly that he hardly noticed what he did, Angus moved to leave the room, but at the door he caught himself, stopped on the edge of fleeing for his life. Shit! The crib. An autonomic terror had taken hold of him before he could control it. She was in the crib. If his computer hadn't helped him, he wouldn't have been able to control it now. There was nothing to be afraid of. He told himself that harshly while panic roared in his ears, throbbed in his temples. She was in the crib. He wasn't. He wasn't. Morn and Warden had set him free. He didn't need to be scared. Instead of feeling all this terror, he ought to gloat over her, glad to see someone else in that position for a change. But she was in the crib. His mother had tied his wrists and ankles to the slats. IVs and equipment nailed this woman in place. His mother had twisted his whole life with pain, which Holt Fastner's mother understood absolutely. Oh, excellent.
0: So good. It's so dark. It's so good.
2: But uh, my third favorite scene, though, is Morn speaking to the GCES okay. yeah. and finally getting it to tell her story.
0: Good one. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one
2: too.
0: So, uh, Rob, how about number two? Zero finally creating the black hole. I didn't. I don't want to see him die. Like I said, I wanted to see Mika turn the universe inside out to save him. So I wanted for both of them. But I think it's worth noting that Donaldson could very well have chosen to make this scene take place from Ciro's point of view as he pulls the trigger. And we wouldn't have questioned it. I wouldn't have questioned it. Maybe it would have been even more emotional. Who knows? But the choice to make this happen from Angus's point of view, where he's just floating, and suddenly that terrible gravitic fist, which, by the way, I love that descriptor. Just incredible. And then I have the quote here. Ciro's rifle had supplied enough energy to spark the grenade's nascent 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 I'm not sure how to pronounce nascent. that word nascent singularity the forces he'd unleashed had killed him nanoseconds ago the quantum eternity within the discontinuities of the event horizon now those same forces fed on calm horizons dragged the immense defensive down to the size of a pinpoint fed and grew stronger it's just masterful night uh, a science fiction storytelling and as a side note I love the fact that Donaldson includes totally unnecessary but infinitely cool to people like Rob Santos' details. Like, one of the module screens reported that the entire lifespan of this black hole had been 5.9 seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might as well have said, two Rob Santos love Stephen R. Donaldson.
4: <laughs>
0: Perfect. I love that. Excellent. So. Um,
1: my, my
2: second... Uh, was a scene that Rob mentioned for his third, but from a slightly different angle. Oh, yeah? I The way I would say it is my second favorite scene is Angus deciding to rescue Horton.
0: Okay.
2: So, but I tackle it from that perspective.
0: Cool, cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just you're like
2: you were like, you've been waiting for this moment so long, and then when it yeah,
0: you, I have. You're like, let's fucking go!
4: Yeah! How's
0: SpongeBob even going?
3: Yeah!
4: Yeah.
0: Ah. Cool. Oh uh, Lauren.
3: It's for me it's Lane. Lane's number two, her testimony, and then finally believing her and then her passing out. Passing right out. <laughs> and up. and oh. snoring through the speaker.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I I love Lane. I love her intensity. It's really exciting to me.
4: Yeah. I
3: want I want more attributes of Lane. <laughs> I'll just pick oh. up smoking. Yeah, there you oh, go.
4: Well, Please don't.
3: Just more caffeine, you know? <laughs>
4: there you go. More stim. A lot more
3: yeah. More stim yeah. less sleep.
5: There Why not both? <laughs> 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 Por no los dos?
3: <laughs> yeah, I could go the Pat Patrick McCaffrey way and just do, you know, pot for the morning, pot for the afternoon, and pot for the evening. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so much coffee. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've slowed down. You know, I want to give my heart a little bit of a break. Yeah, that's that's okay, a good okay. idea. <laughs> I
0: have to admit, my coffee consumption has gone up like 400% in the past two months. I didn't drink much before, but now I'm drinking like two, two and a half a day on average. So now I'm like, I'm with you Jeez. there, Pat. <laughs> with you, man. You, sure that,
2: a, you got that defibrillator handy. It's the best <laughs> thing ever.
0: Is coffee not the best thing?
3: Okay, no, so there's there's another coffee, coffee sorry, called yeah. Earth's Blood that you need to try. Oh, that
0: sounds no. so metal. I like it it's, already. It's, it's like so metal. Mega caffeine content. Yeah. Oof.
3: Yes. I am yes. actually
0: really vulnerable to caffeine. I get like shakes after half of a coffee. Yeah. Do not try it.
4: <laughs> we
2: should try it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, my second favorite scene. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's really funny how much overlap there, there is. Good. Uh, my second favorite scene is the same as Pat's and the same as Rob's third favorite. Um, but it's specifically the intensity of warden here how it it really starts with him saying angus are you listening and then he goes on uh i've heard how you justify yourself angus now i want you to hear me we're facing a total crisis here an outright apotheosis between one heartbeat and the next angus collapsed on the deck as if he'd been cut off at the knees like, great image right there. Yeah. But even even better, the last few lines Warden has, you know, are you listening, Angus? Vestibule has his guns aimed at Sukabator. If we don't do what he wants, he's going to give us a super light proton vasectomy. And then his final line to end the chapter. His voice rang as he proclaimed, I will use anybody I can to do my job.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fire. So, so good. epic. <laughs> so fire. Good.
0: Fire. That's fire. Sure. All right, Rob. Okay. Let's hear it. Through his teeth, he demanded, Don't just kill him, Angus. Tear his goddamn heart out. This entire sequence even though it may, it may be a cheap answer to say such a large sequence can be my favorite because it, it happens over a little while but from the moment that warden proposed it and angus just cheerfully and i wrote down specifically said cheerfully responded with something like why not i've done a lot of hunting but i've never hunted dragon you know the knowledge of what was coming when we were in fastener's point of view and suddenly there were errors and malfunctions with airlock seals or some such just like socorso in the last book except last time with socorso i remember being, uh being irritated because I saw it coming from a light year away, this time I had the flavor of the reminder of that moment, and so I actually liked it. I had time to savor what was coming to hold Fastener, and I didn't have my nose rubbed in it after like, like you know, uh, Stover might have done in Kane, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well executed, neatly wrapped up for Angus, um, but the whole Angus and Warden off to hunt the dragon shtick, 100% did it for me. <laughs> That's gotta be my number one spot. It
2: is awesome for sure. Yeah. But not quite as awesome as my number
0: <laughs> one. Oh, <Hello? laughs> Hit
2: Which has already been mentioned, so I'll just briefly read it to you. <clears throat> <clears throat>
4: I'll
2: bet Warden shat blood when he realized what he without warning a hand closed in Holt's thin hair wrenched his head against the back of his GC. I'll bet he didn't. <laughs> a voice <laughs> that he had never heard before snarled cheerfully. I'll bet he did it himself. I'll bet he was just so sick of you that he couldn't bear to let anything you'd ever touch survive.
4: Uh. Yes, Angus, get him! Get him!
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a verbal playing. I love it. Absolutely excellent.
4: Lauren?
3: Favorite?
0: Yeah, your favorite scene.
2: scene.
3: Okay, I don't have the section to read, but...
2: It's okay. I'm not going to read mine
3: norna motions angus to the bed whispers in his ear and then he just just, like takes his rifle and starts taking out the equipment one at a time oh yeah that was special to me like him him having his his moment there
2: catharsis
3: catharsis yes
2: another good word yeah Really Almost ones. surprised that wasn't one of the the code words for. <laughs> yeah. Are there still yeah. more code
3: words? Oh, that would know? work. Uh,
2: oh, I don't remember. Did Hashi say there were others? I think
0: he did. Hey, I read it once, and I mean, because there, there's only the don't one. There's me. Sepulcher, which he yeah, he right. Did, we never he got Sepulcher, but yeah, I but maybe there are some that he didn't. I can have fun with that. Uh, I would love to just invent a whole bunch of
1: them. Drew, before you do yours, uh, Peter, Dad, are there any scenes you'd like to mention? Uh, No, because you guys have already mentioned
4: (laughs) Oh? (laughs) Have we Yeah, it's
5: kind of of hard. I mean, those are are the big scenes. I would just say, I referenced it earlier, I love Walt uh, Holtz and Warden kind of going at it. Um, And I love all of the the scenes about, about, like, the investigation where it's – where they're figuring out about um, like what happened at the GC GC yeah GC GCs yeah, GC, it's a GC, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, I'd say yeah
0: those are some of my favorite scenes. No cool. cool. Yeah, see that from someone else's point oh, of view that, is pretty
5: cool. Yeah, no, it's true.
2: We don't usually have so much overlap with all our favorite scenes.
0: <laughs> it just goes to you know show what how powerful these scenes were.
2: Okay. So uh, my favorite scene was Lauren's second favorite, oh, Lane Harbinger speaking to the council in in what I have often called the most intense phone call of all time.
0: <laughs> okay. Hello. Yeah. But I Hello?
2: I just love how direct she is, and when she calls out Cletus Spain as a liar.
4: Mm. Yeah. So like. Treasure.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> just... it is. Oh, perfect God, yeah. <laughs> yeah yep 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 I would love to see oh. the Venn diagram of somebody trying to put together all of our favorite scenes and how they overlap that would just be <laughs> chaos oh.
1: and order <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm everybody, everybody.
0: <laughs> Drew add that on post
1: all right. I'll be
2: oh. here all week. <laughs> well, well before before we get to the final draft, I just want to ask our, our first time readers here, Lauren Rob, mm-hmm. what'd you think? Lauren, you want to take it away?
3: Oh, okay. So this one absolutely had me on the emotional roller coaster with the characters. And I just couldn't help but feel as I was finishing it how amazing he did with writing these characters he just got me i i don't know i it's been a long time since i've read characters who are this well written and this intense and this realistic i don't know
4: Hmm.
1: yeah
0: yeah, if I were, like coming fresh out of the last book as of only a few hours ago, looking back at the series, and after admittedly, after one read. Um, I'll be entirely honest and say I wasn't a huge fan of the series. It was definitely fun at times. The pacing was excellent, I thought, all the way through. I'm just not really too into the dark side of fantasy and sci fi, and there like I had said before, there's a little too much politicking for my taste. Um, but that's a very <laughs> subjective thing. And I've admitted in the past to not caring for it. That said, Donaldson as a writer, is incredible. His character work, uh, Lauren, you were just talking about this, and I have to agree with everything you just said. His character work was just some of the best I think I've ever read. Characters like Angus in book one, and then Socorso for the remaining books, are just so incredibly fun to hate. You just love to hate them. And he did so much, he being Donaldson did so much with character expectation and redemption that I didn't even, like I said, I didn't even conceive to wonder if it was possible to do something like that. I have to say it's been really humbling as as a reader and a hopeful writer, like Donaldson is the kind of cerebral writer that deserves a lot of discussion, and I think that's why he was perfect for this podcast. So for the sheer amount that I've learned, even though the series wouldn't even land in my top five or maybe even ten, for the sheer amount that I've learned as a reader, I just I thought it was still incredible all the way through.
3: Yeah, I I definitely it thought about yeah. But yeah, it was like, could, could I ever even write characters this well? Could I ever get there?
0: that fun to hate? I don't How know, did
3: he I, get there?
0: That's so, oh my God, Nick Saccorso is, he's been dead for a whole book and, and it's been like four weeks since we talked about him last. I'm still like shaking with anger. I hate that guy so much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good. It's very good. That might be the yeah. caffeine though. I did just have a coffee as well. But oh, yeah. yeah. Well, right. uh, shall we
2: head into the final draft then?
0: Yeah, let I mean, yes. I just talked about what I, I had a coffee, just a regular Maxwell House, curing coffee. It was good. It was great stuff, you know. But it's a little late for me to be having coffee, so I kind of regret it. But it I can't can't go wrong with it. So That's
3: coffee,
4: nice. um,
0: sipping. Lauren, what are you drinking?
3: I am drinking a New England style IPA called Final Copy.
0: Oh, Final Copy, nice. Very nice.
3: Angus has the Final Copy. Of all of Holt's information oh, and point. manipulation, damn. And he's not, yeah. And he's not going to use it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, sure. yeah. So this is from Four Noses, um, which is in my hometown of Burnfield, Colorado. Really? And I thought it was
0: in Denver. Interesting. No, no, no. no. Nice. Four Noses. Yeah. we've heard, we've had from uh, Four Noses before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have. yeah. Three times. They're, actually.
3: they're good, and they've gotten better. I think they're about five years old now. Yeah. And this is a really nice. How is it? Hazy IPA. It's got, uh, I'm going to guess citra hops, but I can't see it on there yet. Cause it's got that citrusy feel and taste and, mm. and it's 7.2%. I did not expect that.
0: I expected uh, higher
2: standard IPA. Or
3: lower. I thought it'd be lower. Yeah. I don't feel it.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> What about you guys over there?
0: Yeah, what are you guys I drinking? I was drinking
2: Mountain Beach from Redwood Ridge Brewing. Okay. A nice little tart sour.
4: Ooh, I it has like Has no sours.
2: bearing on anything to do with the book. Uh, just <laughs> just that I mean, it's, they are two of, uh, of different things that I enjoy. Angus is going to retire to a Mountain Beach on like Valdor Industrial or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, sure. With a Here black hole. <laughs> right? Motherload probably has a beach in it. Yeah.
3: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to find a beer called Motherload. I know it's out there. Yeah,
2: there absolutely are beers called Motherload, but couldn't couldn't find one.
5: Um, I don't know. I'm just being uh, basic. Drinking an uh, an India Pale Ale from Odell. You know, I like it because, well, it tastes good. So.
3: There you go. Uh, yeah, but which one? Which no, one Odell from IPA? Odell? Oh, just the Odell yeah. IP? Just basic IP, yeah.
5: Just basic. They really let the creative
1: juices flow with that. It's, yeah. That is
2: a classic beer. You cannot go wrong.
1: I had a French roast coffee and now I'm drinking iced tea. Oh,
0: that iced nice. <laughs> not <Nice.
1: that> boring? <laughs> I can only drink a few times a year. <laughs> Can't go weird.
0: wrong. Cannot go wrong. All right, dude, very are you nice. You're gonna bust out something like autonomic terror or something. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: would be a What? <laughs> well, let's hear it. So I'm drinking an Black imperial Hole. stout from Anchorage Brewing Company. Oh, it's gonna be Black Hole. If it's an imperial stout. Uh, aged one year in Woodford Reserve double-oaked barrels, and brewed with alder-smoked malt, which is really interesting. the The beer itself is definitely woody, and there's a distinct like uh tobacco kind of um like it, which i think is coming from that malt that smoked malt it's a it's a different beer i mean i've i've never tasted a, a stout quite like this before i've i've had some that have a little bit of tobacco character to them but not not quite like this
3: i thought it had coffee i definitely taste like those kinds of notes
2: interesting yeah um but it is 13% alcohol by volume no and it is called Darkest
1: Hour. Oh. Ah. I am ah. going to pull rank on your wall and read the vintage port. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Very nice.
4: yeah, but
1: it's very expensive. <laughs> but also very, very good. It's Ooh. very good. Yes. All right. Whatever you despair of civilization, realize that the civilization that vintage
4: pork can never be
1: done. The <laughs> yeah. There you go. Ah, well. That, that will cheer me right.
4: up.
5: Can humanity survive
2: without that god? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So, I think that uh, that brings us to the end of this episode and to the end of our coverage of the gap cycle. Yep. This good has luck. been episode 127 Thank of the you. Eating That's Out Loud podcast. Good. As always, if you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com/inkingoutloud, where you can get access to all kinds of bonus content. Next up, we're going to be doing that aforementioned episode on Rogue Squadron, and then going right on into the Dresden Files with Full Moon. We have already covered the first book of the Dresden Files, so check that out if you're looking for that. I have been your host, Drew McCaffrey, and with me is my co-host, Rob Santos. Here, here. And our very special guests, Lauren McCaffrey.
3: Thanks, guys.
2: Patrick McCaffrey.
3: <gasps>
2: <laughs> Gene McCaffrey.
5: Thank you for listening. Nice thing for
2: thanks again. And our newcomer, Peter McCaffrey.
5: Thanks, y'all. It was a blast.
2: Hell yeah, man. Tell nice you again. You. Thanks for coming on, everybody. And Thank thanks you. for listening. We'll catch you next time.
5: Bye bye.